in Otago, the New Zealand Marine Studies Centre, and um, because there was no road access. Yeah, amazing. So she'd jump in her kayak and, and get, get all her kit together and go out there. So shout out to Betty. Okay. How would, you, how would you rate the attractiveness of the Plumosa anemone on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, as we are moving towards spring and I am desperate to watch those beautiful flowers pop up in the terrestrial world, uh, I'm going to give them, I reckon there is 6.8. I love me a flower, underwater or otherwise. Have a wonderful weekend, my friend. Great to chat to you as always. Thanks, Jesse. Same to you. Nicola Tuki for Critter of the Week. And if you'd like to take a look at the anemone yourself, it's on our website, rnz.co.nz slash jesse. Handing over now to Wallace Chapman and the panel. No my hide my hotaka. Welcome to the panel. RNZ National Wallace Chapman with you. Happy Friday. On today, Auckland, brace yourselves for more disruption by Brian Tamaki's Freedom and Rights Coalition. More protests planned for tomorrow late morning. They want a snap election. That just after four. New research has shown that visitors are in favour of our tourist destinations to be vape and smoke free. Also, today it's the first time in 13 years and just the fourth time in the history of New Zealand's sport betting that the All Blacks go into a test as the underdog. We talk rugby ahead of Sunday's game. And do you pick people up from the airport or is that old-fashioned? Tell them to Uber instead. What do you do? Text me, 2101, email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me this afternoon, Linda Hallinan, journalist, gardener. It's a delight to have you on studio, Linda. Kia ora. Kia ora. It feels like a different time since I saw you last. Two and a half years, here (laughs) we are. Crazy, isn't it? We're still here. Also with us, uh, remotely, Guy Williams, comedian and presenter. Guy, how are you? Uh, good to be here, Wallace. I noticed you did not say it was a privilege or good to have me on the show, just noticing that. Because that's a given. It's always a given, <laughs> you know. You when, when I when I think when I think, when I see Guy Williams, I go, oh, that's a good B minus. That's a good no. B minus. <laughs> I'm sure it would be a privilege if you were here with us, Guy. Yeah. You know, uh, Wallace is Wallace is slick, and I see through your ruse, Wallace. I see through it. Sure. Good to have you both on. Now, by the way, um, uh, State, State Highway 16 Northwestern, a crash is blocking the right westbound lane after St Luke's Road, so pass with care and expect delays. There was an earlier crash between Princes Street and Highbrook Drive. This is in Auckland. There were two lanes closed. That's now fully cleared, but do allow extra time this afternoon with long delays in that uh, particular Area. First on the show, though, about 80 residents in Levin are still unable to return home as police negotiators try to resolve a standoff. Police were called to a Bledisloe Street property last night in relation to a self-harm incident, but little other details are known. At a media conference this afternoon, Manawatu Area Commander Inspector Sarah Stewart said police cordons will remain until the incident is resolved. I understand that this is distressing for residents, however, resolving this safely for everybody is our number one priority, and we thank those affected for their cooperation. RNZ reporter Jimmy Ellingham is in Levin and is with us now. Kia ora, Jimmy. What's the latest? What can you tell us? 
Kia ora, I'm standing at the corner on Bremerslow Street. It's been up, it's approaching 24 hours now. I've been here for, for 10 of those hours, and if anything, there's less activity now than what there's been at any time uh, today. Looking down the road, I can see three police cars inside the court and two parked outside what we think is the property of the man who was holed up and one police car on the cordon with a lone police officer standing and stopping anyone from getting inside. We don't know when this is going to finish. Sarah Stewart was asked at the police press conference if she had any idea. She said no, so we could be here for a few more hours yet. And those 80 residents, what of them? A lot of them have told us they've been staying with friends or family. One lady I spoke to actually slept in her car last night just down the road because she was hopeful of the standoff ending so she could go home. Others have gone to motels around Hobfanua and Levin and Foxton or to a bit further afield. A lot of them initially gathered last night at the Levin Community Centre, the library here, where they were fed or given medical assistance if that's what was required. Uh, there's still a few residents we know inside the cordon who have remained in their homes for various reasons. Sarah Stewart said the, the advice from police was for them to get out for their own safety, but some have remained there. All right, Jimmy Allingham, thank you for that. Uh, that's the RNZ reporter uh, live from Levin there, where 80 residents are still unable to return home as police negotiators try to st- resolve the standoff. And uh, we'll keep you in touch with the latest news from Levin uh, across RNZ this evening. It is 10 to 4 into the Friday mailbag. And goodness me, we had a lot of uh, discussion uh across the week. Shall we start with this? Why don't we start with driving? Because uh, we had a lot about bad drivers and uh, there are quite a few style-ups on the motorways this afternoon. Wallace says, Craig, I do think that New Zealand drivers overall are absolutely abysmal. I drive regularly from Christchurch to the West Coast and see driver behaviour verging on suicidal, overtaking on corners, tailgating at high speed and travelling well in excess of speed limits. On my last trip to the Lewis Pass, we counted five badly crashed cars on the side of the road. I rarely saw these kind of numbers in the past. Mandy says, yeah, having driven around the UK four times between 1978 and 2016, once for four months, I agree driving in New Zealand is the pits. Maddie's words, not mine. You just come off the streets, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, you, Linda. I have us. to declare a conflict of interest here because I'm a terrible driver. <laughs> I just seem to have one of those problems with backing. So, um, yeah, house, generally avoid being, house I, I don't even know. Like, I'm a fairly like intelligent person. I just can't seem to get that reversing properly. Got quite a few dings. Yeah. So, it's, you know, that's and I'm what, a slow driver too. Well, we, so had, we, we had a driving expert on the program, and uh, that driver from Australia, the, the first thing to recognise is that the bad drivers aren't the other. They're yourself. Yeah. I, I hate the tailgating. It's so true. Like, because I live in the country, and I don't know why everyone's in such a rush to get back there. But we, to get to where we live, you go through the Hunua Gorge, which is quite a, you know, a windy road. And I would sometimes go through there, maybe between fifty, sixty, and then sometimes I find myself being harassed on uh, Facebook for being so slow. And it's like, well, what's your hurry? You're going right. to save a minute. We have one bad driver on the panel. Do we have a second guy? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty poor, but I think there's different definitions of bad driving. Like, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm one of those. I, I'm. 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 I, I'm similar where I, I drive slowly and maybe I'm not good in car parks and stuff like that. But I think um, what the people riding in are more talking about is the people out on the open road 
who seem to have, like, as we said, a death wish. And as someone who tours around the country, I definitely see that all the time. The number Do of you? people who, who are often in cars, I mean, uh, often in cars that don't seem safe to be on the road anyway <laughs> and just driving at such high speeds that you're like, I, I hope they're okay mentally, but I, um, I worry about their sanity sometimes. All right, uh, and on a driving-related theme, Victoria Stewart blew out of the box yesterday afternoon when, in her I've been thinking, she said she is increasingly getting annoyed at her husband uh, for jumping in her car and changing all the settings, be it your radio station. Uh, yes, yeah, see, already we're oh. getting, yep, uh, be it your wing mirror, <laughs> be it your seats. Someone else says, panel, if you use someone else's car, you must make it suit you. Otherwise, it could be a health and safety problem for the borrower. So it's a nuisance. Safety first. I'd be very worried if my six-foot-two husband scrunched himself into my car. He uses the same radio station, so no worries there. Another one here, Sharon says, it's not possible for another person to set your car back up to your personal physical specifications. It's so specific to each person. Exact seat position and mirror, etc. Changing the radio back might be a thoughtful touch. You're dying to jump in. Oh, I'm so, this is so my topic because when we bought our car, (laughs) it came with two sets of keys and they set it so that you've got driver one and driver two. And so you just get in the car with your keys and it sets it to the seat how you like it and everything. And so you know what happened? My husband lost my keys. And so now I'm forever stuck having to get in the car with his keys and wait for the damn seat to come forward because he's six foot four. It drives me bonkers every single day. Have you raised the issue with him? Oh, it's just one of the many things that drive me bonkers every single day. <laughs> when she said, I'm getting increasingly annoyed with my husband, I was like, yeah, we're all, yeah, I, I hear you. It what really, are we complaining about it here? Had the guy. <laughs> well, I've got a simple solution to all those people with all these problems, and it's a solution that I've used for many time, many years, and it's just be a, um, a single loser with no friends or loved ones. Um, so I drive my own car. No one can bother me. My settings are never affected. I have no friends. I am a rock. I'm an island. <laughs> well, that's one way of putting it, Guy. Uh, I won't endorse <laughs> that particular um, uh, route on the panel, but if it works for you, it works for you. And It works very, great. Thanks, Wallace. Very <laughs> <laughs> and very briefly, did you like Girl Guides or Scouts? Uh, because they've had... Um, internal issues or a report, but people came through and they said, by and large, they loved it. I was a girl guide, 70s, I loved it, but never did well gaining more inherently sexist sexist badges like cooking and home care. My daughter tried it in 2018, but the leaders insisted on feeding the girls a heap of sugar each session. A shame because the badge tasks looked way better. Uh, Jeremy says, "Our, our son did all the years of scouts and it was tremendous education, lifelong friendships. It was co-ed too. Briefly around the panel, Boys Brigade, Guy, Scouts, Guy Williams. No, I've stayed out of that. Again, just trying to avoid any friends or implications of other humans, so no. And look, it's worked for you. Linda? I was a brownie, but I I think I got two badges before I gave up. But what I would say about that whole discussion is that doesn't that just prove that it's great fun to be a brownie or be a girl guide, not so much fun to be in the hierarchical structure of anything that revolves around committees? Fair enough. 
I've been thinking. Uh, actually, Linda, take it away. You uh, first. Well, I have not just been thinking today. I have been doing. So you can, I don't know if you can see how filthy my hands are, but I actually can spent... Have a look? <laughs> yeah, I, I took my nail polish oh, yeah. off so to get the dirt out. Um, but I spent the morning getting down and dirty with a classroom full of nine-year-olds. We planted 800 native trees for um, oh. the Trees for Survival program. And it's one of those charitable trusts that's been around for a long time. I think 1990 they started, and they've planted well it. over a million trees. So it's a great thing. But why it's important is that researchers at Cornell University found that there's actually a really clear link between engaging with nature as a child and having any kind of empathy for the environment as an adult. And so we all know that climate change is quite controversial about some groups, but for children, it's 100% um, on their wavelength that, that you protect the environment, that you look after the planet, that you do good things. And so, yeah, it makes me feel Kids quite heartened. They, well, I don't know if they loved it as such. It was quite hard work. They liked yeah. the sausages afterwards. Yeah. Beautiful. Linda, thank you. Uh, Guy Williams, I've been thinking. I am so glad that Linda has spent the day um, planting trees with children because I've actually, this is going to sound terrible, I've, I've spent the day in a school cutting down trees. So I actually <laughs> cut down about about 700 trees today. So thanks to Linda and her crew for um, planting back all the horrible damage I did with the kids today. Isn't this, but, a, beautiful, um, isn't this a beautiful symmetry? Amazing. One panelist plants 700 trees, the other panelist cuts them down. I hope yours were wilding yeah. pines or something. I also, um, I also threw a bunch of refrigerators in the river. I hope that's not pro- problematic either. Um, but my, I've been thinking is um, the local body elections are coming up and no one in New Zealand ever seems to give a uh, whatever word you want to use there to um, vote for our mayors and our councillors, even though it is very uh, important. You know, everyone in New Zealand loves to complain about their local council. So you've got until August 12th to like properly get the um, the mail getting properly registered and get the actual voting forms coming to your mail address. So it's very important that everyone gets out there and just we try and lift the rate. Right now, between 30 and 40 percent of New Zealanders like even vote in their local body. It's, it's pathetically low. So I know most of the listeners of this fine program are probably already are voting. But get out there and make your democratic voice heard because it is was very it you? Important. Was were you the person who did that promotional campaign for Leo Malloy? <laughs> yeah, was I didn't it think you it was promotional. I, it, it was, was, it was, it was you, me, Wallace. It? Yeah, <laughs> he's trying to make. Can I just say, he's trying to yeah. do Can good. I just no, no. say, there's a lot of great candidates running in Auckland. It was a promotional um, would, campaign. No, it was, it? it was a it was a satirical video. Um, uh, I thought it was good, but um, other people uh, have criticised it. But there's a lot of great candidates running in Auckland. Efiso Collins and Viv Becker, two of them. And, um, and I may be slightly uh, involved in this now, but I just hope that people vote for the How are you involved? How are you involved? Uh, I, did a, I did an interview uh, um, for my show New Zealand Today with uh, Leo Malloy. That promotional which I campaign. Was, yes. Uh, Guy, was... <laughs> Guy Williams and Linda Helen are with me this afternoon. Stay with us. Fortified the panel right here.